Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of What Now with Trevor Noah. On today's episode, I sit down with comedian and international movie star, the one and only Kevin Hart. And I'll let you know now, I always have fun conversations with Kevin Hart, but this conversation may have been one of my favorites, I think. We get into comedy, life, and everything that makes Kevin Hart who he is in some really interesting ways. I really had a great time chatting to him, and so uh, I think you'll enjoy the conversation too. This is What Now with Trevor Noah. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card is issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Prime. With its wide range of services, Amazon Prime doesn't just help you get closer to your passions, they help you discover new ones as well. For instance, I didn't know that I would have a deep passion for anti-superhero stories. Yeah, animated and live action, I am now a major fan of stopping superheroes every way that I can. It's also been a great way to discover all the fun things I didn't actually know I needed for my house. Yeah, a way to hang your phone around your neck to help you see a point of view that you couldn't see before. That's thanks to Amazon Prime. Whatever you're into or getting into, you can find it on Prime. Visit amazon.com prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Is this how you dress every day? This? Yeah. yeah? How far do you live from here? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. They make me drive so far because I do it because I sacrifice for my team. I'm in Calabasas, so it takes me an hour and 15. You come in every day? I come in. When I'm here, do I come in every day? Yeah. So it's an hour 15 to come in? Hour, because I'm leaving during traffic time. But if I wait, then it's like a 35-minute ride. No traffic, 35 minutes. That's terrible. Are you going to get a drone? A drone? Yeah. Why, why am I getting a drone? You haven't seen the drones that are coming out? That you can fly inside? They'll be coming out in a few years. There'll be little drones that you can fly in. Why do I want to fly in a drone? What, you don't I... want to be in traffic, Kev. Why can't I just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. You're talking... Like, the drones are yeah, just like... like and, and then you, you can fly. just go above yeah, man. traffic. I, you're going you're gonna to be in a drone. I can see you. Now... I'm not going to lie to you right now. You're going to be in a drone. If you're telling me that it's not going to fuck up my clothes <laughs> and I can get in a drone, I'll do it. If you're telling me I can I can get in the drone. You know, most people would worry about their health. No, no. <laughs> they got to come with some type of, they got to have airbags. That drone going to have an airbag. Uh, I think they do, actually. I think uh, they do. Before we start, how's your tour shit going? 
Everything great? It's going good, man. Good for you, good. man. Are you you back? You're back on now. I'm like I'm you're warming in like, up. You're in like cooking mode. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm you're cooking. not warming up. You're in cooking I'm, I'm, mode. It's good. It's, you can always feel. You know what's funny is you can always feel when a comedian is. So I feel like comedians have three stages. We have. Will I ever be funny again? <laughs> then we have cooking mode where you're excited and you, you feel like everything's coming together. Yeah. And then you have this material is boring. I need to find a new job. That's at the end of, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that's like yeah. at the end of. You want to tape just before that. You got to go. But that's why I always tape my special early though. Like when I'm, when I'm Wait, in What do you like, mean early? Like so how early? When I'm in, if I'm on tour, because you know, I do, you know, I'm probably 160 shows when I tour. So when I'm at like, when I feel the peak of the set, when I'm you laughing at the joke. 160 shows? I do, dude, I do a lot of shows, Trey. Wow. Because my process starts comedy clubs, theaters, uh-huh. back to comedy clubs, back to theaters. Then I'll go arenas. Wait, wait, why are you going back? What happened? What went wrong? Nothing went wrong, but you, you do it to make sure like, all right, let me make sure I'm not jumping out the gun okay, too fast. Okay, okay, Because once you start killing the theaters, that means I should destroy in a comedy club. I remember talking to Dave years ago. There's a time when Dave Chappelle, for those listening, um, Dave never used to want to do arenas. I did it, and then he, and then he. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to see him, so now he has to, he has to do bigger venues. No, I, I, but did you, it. you, you, you definitely lose something. I, I sparked, I sparked the arena bug. And Wait, I'm, you, I'm, did, you, you did with that? Dave, absolutely. I sparked it with Dave and Chris, right? I said so. I I blame you for what, Dave doing arenas. Yeah, and and Dave not only. Do you prefer arenas? <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, Trev. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, man. I do, but let me wait. Let me, what? Let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Hear me out. Go. Hear me out. Why? And I bet go. when I say this, you go, go. You agree. Go. And here's how I got Dave. It's how I got Dave bit mm-hmm. with the bug. I said, listen to me, Dave. The beauty of doing the arenas when you're a good comic okay. is turning the arenas into an intimate environment. Okay. You can turn it into... You can get close. You can never turn it into... Oh, my God. Kev, you can never turn it oh into... Oh, my God. Kev. Oh, my God. The thing about arenas is I always feel like the laughter's not happening in my section. Have you ever sat in an arena... You always feel like that section, you're like, who are those people? Yeah, those people have a what good time. What jokes are they getting? Yeah, they're, 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 good they're time. really laughing. They're and when you great... go there, they're not really laughing as loud as you thought. Because arenas have this weird, because the sound is not designed yes. for laughter. It's designed yes. for, you know, the basketball game or the whatever game is supposed to play there. Whereas when you're in a theater, it always feel like it always feels like every single laugh is coming from every single person, no matter where you're sitting in the room. Can I tell okay? So this is where this is where your friend Kevin Hart, the overthinker, <laughs> goes ham, okay? Think about my production. Yes. I think about every aspect. Excessive, I must say. I, very. Excessive. I mic the audience. So the same way you can hear me on a microphone. You can hear the audience. You can hear the audience laughing. So I'll do, i probably do like eight mics, maybe, maybe eight to ten mics. So that the audience can hear the audience. You can hear the audience. Oh, I like so, that. So, I need to find what section the mics are in so I can just shout comments yeah, in your so show. Yeah, you can just shout out. I can just I know find the, the mic, mic is here, sh- Kevin. Shout things out. I know you put a mic You're here. You're a lot smaller in real life. <laughs> <laughs> just shout things up to the microphones. I, well, I'll just be the guy heckling in a 10,000 seat arena. I'm gung-ho on making that experience the best. But here's what you guys did. You do, you do love that. But here's what you guys did. You though. love being the best of the best of the best of like... 
you have this weird where, where did you get that from by the way did you did you play a lot of sport when you were a kid mm-hmm. like you you you're ultra competitive yeah but like you're ultra competitive as if you also played sports where you have to play against yourself that's that's the competitive that's the biggest person i'm competing against like i've never been competitive against my peers i've been envious oh no, you're competitive against your peers Here's, come on Kim. i'm envious I've never okay. been competitive. I'm okay. envious of my peers. Okay. And and I've I've said to myself in my competitive nature, oh my God, man, that's such a oh, such a good writer. Such a great writer. Yeah. Such a great joke yeah. uh teller, such a great storyteller. God, I gotta get back in the lab. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I gotta, I gotta really raise the bar right. for myself because I'm so blown away. By what this particular talent is put on display, yeah, yeah, or what yeah. this particular talent is put on display, I'm envious of your political humor. I'm envious of how you can go in between uh, political humor and then go into a space of travel, culture, different different ethnicities. Your stance you, and you're take, far too kind. You're pr- like I'm. I'm envious of that you're far because too kind. that's not my thing. Right. So the thing that others do at a high level to be envious is the biggest compliment. Huh. That's the biggest compliment because I'm like, man, I wish I could operate like that because if I could, oh my God, that would be another dimension that I could get to. Right, yeah. I don't have that dimension. Hence, why I stay away from it. You don't see me ever doing political humor. I, my favorite political bit of yours, and I know it, it wouldn't be considered political, but I think it was way more political than anyone would ever think, is the bit where you were talking about being sucked into a Black Lives Matter protest. Oh Black man in the middle with a bullhorn going off. Black lives matter. And if you don't think they matter, then you're part of the problem. And today we find a solution. The solution is death. Every black person who showed up here today is willing to die. We will all die today. We don't give a fuck about life. If you black and you here, it's because you came to die. If you black and you in this circle around me, it's because you ready to die first. I look down. I'm in the fucking circle. I said, wait a minute. That's not why I came. I didn't come for that. That's not why I'm here. Can I tell you something? True story. Yeah, but what I loved about that bit was, whether it was intentional or not, it told a very true story about how so many people get sucked into the allure of yes. appearing to be yes. what they're not. And now you just, that speech, that, in you, that, speech that you gave. <laughs> You're in it. <laughs> I don't even remember. I just remember trying to, trying to repeat it to my friends. Yeah. 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 It, it ain't go, what did you say? It ain't, it ain't yeah, go. I know what it is. <laughs> now I got to give a speech. You ever say something and while you're saying something, you realize you're not saying nothing, but you got to keep trying to say something, even though you know it's nothing? That was my fucking speech. This is my speech, word for word. Verbatim, this is my speech. (laughs) All right? Y'all already know what it is. And what it is is what it's going to be. It ain't gonna be what it is. Till it ain't, ain't gonna be what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you win it. And what? What I, I still what, say that to my friends, just randomly. I'll be like, "Hey, man, it ain't, ain't gonna be what it is." Yeah, it ain't what it was. Yeah, man. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't but what you it know, is. You know what it is. That joke. That joke was so dope uh, for your for your people watching, listening. It was dope because, to my point, I don't do political humor at all. Yeah. But it was about getting sucked into the thing that you uh-huh. think you're supposed to do. Yes. And. I was like, man, you know, everybody around me, yep. you know, giving this thing energy. And I, I got a feeling about it. <laughs> I'm going. I'm you going. know, can I, can I tell you one of the hardest things I think people struggle with is, so one of my favorite movie scenes of all time, and I don't know why this left such an indelible impression on me, was, do, do, did you ever watch the movie um, Devil's Advocate? Absolutely. It was Charlize Theron, yes. Al Pacino, Keanu Reeves. Yes. 
there's a scene in the movie. So the plot of the movie, for those who haven't seen it, and I'll spoil it because you're not going to see it, whatever, is um, is basically Keanu Reeves plays this hotshot young lawyer. Um, Charlie, I mean, yeah, Keanu Reeves plays that lawyer. Charlize Theron is his wife, mm -hmm. and they're this perfect couple. They meet El Pacino. He's running this law firm. Turns out he's actually the devil. The devil. Yeah, and Keanu Reeves is basically litigating a case that is terrible, but because he wants to be this, this lawyer, he's going to do whatever it takes. The conversation is basically, what are you willing to trade? Mm -hmm. You're willing to trade your soul for everything. He doesn't do it in the end, but there's a moment where now he's the hero guy. Yeah. And then a reporter comes to him and says, can I do a profile piece on you? And he goes, no, I don't want fame. I don't want any of this. And the guy goes, come on, a lawyer with a conscience. Everybody will love it. Mm. And and Charlize looks at him and goes, come on, baby. Mm -hmm. Come on, do it. Just like and he that. goes, okay, I'll do it. Just like that. And they leave. And I'll never forget, El, the, 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 the journalist turns into Al Pacino, looks at the camera, and he says a line that he dropped in the beginning. And he goes, vanity, my favorite sin. Mm. Mm -mm. I've thought about, I don't know how old, I, I just went to watch that movie because there was nudity in it. There you go. Because at that time you couldn't you couldn't freely get nudity. No, I don't know was, if you remember these days. Was, by the this way, was a, it was it was what I like to call it was accidental porn. Yeah, you yeah. did not see nudity when I was growing up. Yeah, like you, kids today, I feel bad for them because there is a there's like a diminished joy in seeing nudity now. Yeah, the random tit back in the day. Are was you huge. kidding me? Oh oh <laughs> oh! Pause it. <laughs> That's, that's crazy. That's a, oh man, you had pause. Oh what? I had, I had yeah. nothing. I'm, I'm all about. I me. had nothing. Accidental porn. Back we just day. saw it, and that was it. That was your moment. But I remember, so that movie came out. I wasn't old enough to go see it. So I remember I, I would sneak into. I think it. I don't know what movie it was at the time. So I'd always find a movie to sneak into that I could then go out into another. You know what I mean? Like okay. the reason I've seen parts of Titanic so much is because I used to use Titanic to go and see The Matrix. Okay. You use that. So you needed a clean movie to go see. You need see a clean movie, movie to go yes. and see the bat. Yes. So so Devil's Advocate, I couldn't get but anyway, I remember that line. And for my entire life, what I've thought about is how hard it is to not get sucked into doing a thing that you may start off having good intentions mm -hmm. doing and then now stay in for the vanity mm -hmm. side of it. And I think a lot of um a lot of what people do in in like let's say people start off on social media or even in the world, they go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna protest for a good cause, I'm gonna say these things online, I'm gonna get into it. It it starts off from a good place, but then you get that hit. You get that little hit where someone's little, like a little piece. You know, like you said, hey, short king, do your thing. Mm -hmm. Come on, come mm -hmm. on, we need and you go like, Oh, now you start finding reasons mm -hmm. to do a thing that maybe you don't actually believe in because it's addictive, man. Well, you're high off the feeling. Yeah, it's addictive. I, I'll give you another reality moment, right? I remember where you know, this is like when the meme, the power of the meme started, right? You know, like somebody would pass away and, you know, everybody's posting the meme. Yeah. Everybody's posting yeah. the picture mm -hmm. of said person, right? And I remember, you know, I was like, oh, man, like I, I met I met that person like like twice. Man, let me let me throw up a, a picture, <laughs> you know, and, and show some love, right? And I put up the picture... And you know, I remember. You know, I don't. I don't get into the comments. Like it, I have no desire to go and read yeah, yeah. thousands of comments under my page. But the first one, I like go back to like look at the picture, and the first thing I see is you ain't even know him, bitch. And I was like, damn, <laughs> I didn't. I did really. I didn't really know him. <laughs> I was like, what does family probably think? Oh, man. Probably never talked about me. Ever. I look like a fucking idiot. I'm a follower. Oh, I'm following the meme craze. Oh man! I go find a picture oh. off of the internet and put up with this man. 
after he passed away, and oh. the first comment I read was, "You ain't even know him, bitch." And I had to sit to myself. And I didn't. the best internet comments <laughs> are the ones where someone unwittingly stumbles upon the truth. Yeah. Those yeah. are the greatest internet comments because most com- comments online are noise and trash and hating. And yeah. then there's love. Don't get me wrong. But let's say all the all the negative ones. It's just people who don't like you or whatever it is. But there will be someone who says something that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> where even though they're hating on you, you go, oh, man, you got me. Oh, you got it. You, you nailed yeah, you, it. You, you got me. You hit the hammer on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I am struggling with that. I do need to figure that out. Oh, I need to man. figure it all out. But I, the the concept attached to throwing yourself in environments that yeah. are not just conducive for you or who you are, um, you know that was the that was a template for that joke. And I love the honesty and transparency in it. But it also like acted as like a moment for me in my life where I was like, yo, I'm not doing that no more. Mm-hmm. In general, like I'm not putting myself in any position of discomfort based off of yeah. what I think people could possibly think. If I were to go through with the thing that they think I need to do, it's yep, too much. Yep, yep. That's too many thoughts about the thought yep. that has not yet shaped itself into actually being the thing to think about. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not four steps ahead. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm no longer that machine or or entertaining the idea attached. What do to you, that um, machine. what do you think changed in your life? I, I could be completely wrong. I'm taking a shot here. Okay. Every every artist has a moment in their lives where Something happens, something shifts, and you see that shift apparent in their work. There is no denying that you came out with two of, I would say, these seminal specials when you first when you first came out. Mm-hmm. Right, it was, it was laugh at my pain, little grown man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were. You remember? We all know what they were like in comedy. We all know what those specials are like. There are specials where you can go like that. That was it. That's a timestamp. That that right there, you can't. Kevin Hart becomes a movie star. You kill it in everything. I mean, I remember Forty Year Old Virgin. You, you were honestly, I think, one of the top cameo performers, pound for pound, mm-hmm. I've ever seen. It was, it was. A real you would similar. step into mm-hmm. a movie, and everybody in the theater would be killing themselves, and nobody would know your name. Mm-hmm. Nobody would know who that guy was. They would just go, "I love." Every time I tell people movies you've been, and they'll be like, "He was in that," Along and then I go, "That Polly. scene." And, yeah, Polly. and then they go, they go, oh, that was, oh, mm-hmm. shit, I remember. Oh, I didn't even know. Uh, and I, I want to, I, I want to, so in a weird way, I sometimes think some people feel like you were this immediate overnight success because in a strange way, they didn't remember all of these characters you were playing in all of these movies. Do, do you get what I'm saying? I mean, I, not only it, I get it. Because it, it did seem like all of a sudden you were just the face of a franchise and the yeah. face of a movie. But I go like Kevin Hart was grinding no, away was, in three minute segments. I was in different people's seven movies. and ten on a call sheet for years, for years, and yeah. and I was fearless about my approach to the cameo. I was fearless about my approach to getting the role. I can tell you, it was crazy in the scary movie franchise. Right? Let me tell you how fearless I was. They were doing table reads. And my manager was like, hey, Kev, they're doing these table reads. They just want some personalities to come and, like, right. do the reads so they can see if the material's working. It's just a way for you to get seen by some people that do movies, comedies, et cetera. I was like, I'll do it, right? I go here. I'm improvising during the table read. I'm going off script, coming back to the script. In my mind, I said, if I do a good enough job, 
whatever the role is that I'm reading, right. I may have a shot at getting the role. Right. I leave the table read. Within an hour, my manager called me back. He says, Kevin, you didn't get that part, but they got a part for you that they want you to have. Uh, if you're into it, they want you to come back and they want to talk about the part with you. Mm-hmm. Very small part. Cameo part. It was a friend. I talk about the part. Once again, fearless. Start improv Yeah. Doing things that I feel the character could do, could say, whatever. They love it. Oh, my God. They write it in the damn script. Put all my ad libs in the script. And it was, a, as we talk about the hit, the, the, the yeah. fucking yeah. drug. Oh, my God. So if I present the funny material, at times, if it works and I'm still on par with story or script, that can be my engine. That can be my yeah, entry yeah, yeah, yeah. point. So... From that point on, I stepped up to all cameos. There was the scary movies. It was Along Came Polly. It was 40-Year-Old Virgin. It was Drill Bit Taylor. Uh, I mean, I can go down a list. Jake in Progress. I was the guy that would come in for a scene, and then after that scene, you wouldn't see me no more. But I made it my business to put together what I would consider to be some funny, impactful moments in whatever the thing yeah, was. Yeah. And I said, if I do enough of them, the cast and directors are all the same. Eventually, they got to say, this guy this guy deserves a bigger part or we should do something else with the guy. And I remember I got my fucking feelings hurt. It just didn't happen. I look back, man, I had like 12 cameos, all these credits, but nobody knew me from the credits. Nobody fucking knew me like I was the guy. The um, He was in a uh, shit. What's your name? God damn it. <laughs> Baby, what's the fucking, we just saw him. What's the shit he was in? Yeah, clapping, stomping, trying to come up. They never could get it. The motherfucker oh, man, when from they, the... the, the um, he had on the hat. They saying the, stupid um, shit right in front of your face. And you like, just ask me, man, so I can tell you. No, nah, nah, fuck it then. They just leave. The worst is when, the worst is when they, they say something that diminishes you in front of you. Oh, absolutely. While still giving you a compliment, yeah. by the way. They'll be like, he's the, he's the dude, the, he's the dude. The, um, dumb motherfucker. And, and, then, and then someone will say something and be like, no, 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 he's not that funny. The no, guy, no, the, he ain't that good. He's a stupid motherfucker. What's the stupid motherfucker we said? What's the motherfucker uh, we said ugly as shit? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, man. I, I remember saying, all right, I'm going back to stand-up. Focus on stand-up. Yeah. Stand-up got big. After the specials, after the specials, there was a moment where I transitioned from multiple shows at comedy clubs yeah. to multiple shows at theaters. Yeah. And when it got to the multiple shows at theaters, I was like, they're going to have to come. Like the the movies are going to have to come because people are showing up. So they? at some point, it has to happen. Did they? The movies did not come in the manner I thought they would, right? Yeah. The opportunity did. Oh, yeah, I like that. And Yeah, I like and that. I believed in the opportunity. So the that's, movie that's, that's offers very, didn't That's very happen. religious of you. It's very spiritual. My mom would say something like that. The, the opportunity you know? came. Yes. This story is amazing, but I, um, I often try and remind people that most of the time, the moral that you will take from a story of a person who was successful is the incorrect moral. If you get an opportunity to go to a table read, read what they give you. Oh, yeah. Don't do what I did. Yeah, don't do what Don't do what I did. did. Don't do Please. what Kevin Hart did. That's actually a really good point. Like, don't don't do what this. I I can imagine people walking into rooms. 
getting a script and they're like, we need you to help us work on the script. Yeah. And you're like, bam, boom, bow. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Don't do oh, I'm don't sorry. Do what I did. Kevin, can we? Can yeah. we this is Shakespeare. And, yeah, I, I just thought maybe. Um, and I I, pre- I made sure I set it up correctly <laughs> by saying, I, I said, let me tell you how crazy I was. I made sure I set it up correctly. Like, that's how nuts I was. I went in there not thinking about the consequences. I'm thinking about how do I make my presence felt? Yeah. How do I leave a lasting impact? And that you could know, have that could have turned out so hard. Could have. I almost hope it would have, and and still, and I still hope you would have achieved your success. But I, I would have loved that moment to turn out terribly. Yeah, just for so someone so, else to have a story where the they story. go. Let me tell Kevin you, Hart, Let me tell you my Kevin Hart story. This idiot. This guy. This. I mean, Jesus. This Christ. guy. Talk about no respect for. You know, they're sitting in those agency <laughs> meetings, and, and and Kevin Hart. This guy comes in. I've never seen anything like. I mean, this guy. He couldn't. Every word he he added his own. Yeah. I mean, ridiculous. This is no respect you know, for the craft. He started rapping in the middle of, I mean, I remember there was one <laughs> I stood up. I stood up like one of the things like yeah yeah don't check me. I like stood up. I was I was going for it. We're gonna continue this conversation right after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Prime. With its wide range of services, Amazon Prime doesn't just help you get closer to your passions; they help you discover new ones as well. For instance. I didn't know that I would have a deep passion for anti-superhero stories. Yeah, animated and live action. I am now a major fan of stopping superheroes every way that I can. It's also been a great way to discover all the fun things I didn't actually know I needed for my house. Yeah, a way to hang your phone around your neck to help you see a point of view that you couldn't see before. That's thanks to Amazon Prime. Whatever you're into or getting into, you can find it on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. This episode is brought to you by Bogata Hotel, Casino, and Spa in Atlantic City. Your perfect getaway. Immerse yourself in the style and sophistication of Atlantic City's number one gaming resort, where elegance meets entertainment and luxury awaits at every turn. If you're ready for an unforgettable experience, Visit theborgata.com to book your stay today. Must be over 21 to gamble. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So you have these seminal moments in your stand-up. And then I feel like, could be completely wrong, and don't be offended when I say this, but I feel like there's a moment in between in your stand-up where it almost felt like Kevin Hart was preserving Kevin Hart more than Kevin Hart was just being and doing Kevin oh Hart. God, absolutely. And, and, and I say this as a comedian who's experienced yeah, it. Yeah, that's not, I that's say that, not like, offensive at all. That's truth. So every comedian starts off in what I argue is the best place. Mm-hmm. You have nothing. Mm-hmm. You get on stage. The only thing you have is your comedy. And the only thing you receive is a laugh. You don't even get money. People, mm-hmm. people don't realize in the clubs we were getting $5, $10, Pookie still owes me fifteen dollars. Yeah, you gotta get it. Do you know that it'll never happen? You I've accepted this, Kevin. I've you gotta accepted get this, it, bro. So I'm gonna get mine. <laughs> so you—that's you, all you're getting—is the laugh and the confirmation of a joke working or not. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Something clicks. You start to become successful. Now there's a moment where on this bell curve you have nothing. You reach the peak. And now it feels like you have everything. You don't have everything, but it feels like you have everything because mm-hmm. it's more than what you had. Mm-hmm. And now fear sets in and you go, can I tell that joke? 
Should I perform like that? Mm -hmm. Is that crazy? Do I switch up my style? Because comedians are always evolving. And now, because you have the people at this point, you go, do I keep them at this point? What did I do that they liked? I guess I got to keep doing that. You're I gotta, so, you you're know so what I mean? spot on. Now, especially in this in this special, I, I don't know what it is, Kev. You walked out and you feel, even the baseball bat itself is such a you thing. Y'all see this fucking bat in my hand? Bring your ass up to the stage, I'm gonna knock your fucking head off, I swear to God. Okay? We're sick of your shit, we're fighting back. Don't you come up here. Knock your goddamn head to the top of this arena. Don't you come up here. It just feels like it's like, you know, it, I'm just like, what changed? Well, first of all, Trevor, it's a great question. All right, it's a great question. It's a great observation. By the way, to my point earlier, it's what you do very well. Here's the big change. The first hint of success, the fear attached to keeping the success clicks in immediately, mm -hmm. right? Oh, shit, we sold all these tickets. God damn, whoa, tour was crazy, sold out all over. All right, well, shit, tour's over. Well, I got to get back to the comedy club, and I got to figure out what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Because I got nothing. Mm -hmm. After a tour's over, I want to make this perfectly clear to an audience watching, listening. You kill that material immediately. Yeah. I cannot recite a joke of old from any spot. It's killed. Mm -hmm. I blink and I fucking delete it immediately because it, it has no more value or meaning. The special's taped. The tour is over. Well, what the fuck am I going to talk about next? Yep. So the scramble and figuring out what that will be is the scary scramble before your like polished comedian legs present themselves. When you're the new comic and you're the new star, you're the new, like, you're new. So although you got this light, you're not polished. You're not poised. You're also not situated. You're, you're not. You, you got a hit, and that hit was great. But you don't have an extensive contract. No. There's no guarantee to no. the next There's no guarantee on anything. There's no guarantee that this next tour is going to sell as many tickets as this one. Yeah. There's no guarantee that the next movie will be a hit. There's no guarantee that the next star and role will be the right role. There is no guarantee. By the way, at the time when I was coming up, what we might overlook is that I was in like, I was in a fucked up period of movies. I was in a period of black actor bomb, bye-bye. <laughs> I was in the period of uh, y'all can't sell movies internationally. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You can't oh, do yeah. this. And if these movies don't have any domestic success, bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. Bad investment. I told you black directors were going into director jail if they bomb. Yeah. You don't get another shot. So the fear and stomach, the stomach bubbles. This kid just said Will, the stomach the bubbles. The stomach bubbles. That is a perfect Will word Packer, for them. Tim's story and myself, we did Think Like a Man 1, 2. We did Ride Along 1. We did Ride Along 2. Me and Will Packer did Wedding Ringer and About Last Night. I just named all six. By the way, we have more, okay? Those six movies, you're looking at the trajectory of Kevin Hart. There was never a comfortable moment <laughs> for release. You would tell me bubbles the whole I time. Mean, for Ride Along, me and Cube, I remember me and Cube being on a press tour. And we were like, boy, we hope they come out. 
because they don't spend some money on this. If they don't come out, Damn. I mean, we ended up doing 140 million stomach release. Oh, oh my god! Right along too, man. If we don't do 140, yeah. Oh, it's a shit. failure immediately. Oh fuck, man! If we don't crack the code and surpass, because yeah. they spent more money. <sighs> the pressure. Well, let's go to stand up where there is no budget. That's just that's you. Yeah. You're 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 roaming on stages for free, developing the material that you hope grabs the audience's attention mm -hmm, enough mm -hmm. that they'll laugh, love, so that you can then grow, announce a special. By the way, when you announce it, here come the bubbles. Mm -hmm. Oh shit, I hope they bodies fucking they selling. All right. <laughs> what? We never we never get over that feeling. No, by the way, we never no. get over that feeling. Yeah, but what I'm but what I'm saying is, what changed? Kev? What changed for me? What changed? What changed for me was I got to a place of not just success, but understanding. So my understanding now is, yo, I built a fan base. I built a global fan base of people. That no matter what, show up because they go, I like that guy. And in that. But how did you develop the understanding? The understanding comes where the noise from the outside, you realize is not noise. The things, the things that I, you can think. Can I throw something at you? Go ahead. Could be wildly wrong. I noticed the shift or I noticed the shift happening most apparently after the car accident. That was a that was a that was a different shift. Shift number one came with the understanding of I want to be a brand. Mm -hmm. I want to be a global brand. I want to own my brand so that my worry attached to the craft goes away because I control it. So once I saw that the idea of control is something that I could dictate if I owned it, and I did that. And I was like, it's kind of like dope. You think that changed your level of fear? 1,000%. Because I control it. So I'm using stand-up to set up the movie. The I movie, don't know. Listen, I don't listen, know. Listen I hear me. you, but I, I don't know. Because I, I feel like you had that drive before. I disagree. No, the drive. I listen, disagree. Drive is drive, right? I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is what I'm challenging you on is this. is like, And I say this as an observer and as a fan of yours. I think there's something you might take for granted. Because don't get me wrong. There's Kevin Hart, the businessman. And you, you, you're very apt at doing that. But sometimes, like, as Kevin Hart, the human being, you, like, you have moments where, and not to get too deep, but you have moments where, you know, because of how you grew up, because of your family unit, because of, you know, what it was like growing up with your dad as an addict, because it was like seeing your mom in her grind and everything, I think there are moments where you forget how much you push and drive because of the fear of losing all of the things that have helped you and your family to get to where you've gotten to? The fear, the fear is what motivates the yeah. complete sentences behind the drive. In other words, like... But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that fear has slipped and something happened and it cannot come from... I do not believe that the drive can be the reason for the drive. I believe, and I, I could be wrong, but I will fight you on this. Okay. There's something that comes. There is, there is you know... You know, when human beings are injured, Kev, there's something that happens. I remember talking to um, an amazing woman who's a, a disability advocate. 
And she she was one of the people who led the revolution in America on just getting like wheelchair access into venues. Things that you don't think were, were like you think of today as common. Mm-hmm. This was not normal. Mm-hmm. Being like, hey, can we get a ramp into... And people were like, whoa, come on. What, what, what is this now? We going to have ramps for you? Whoa, come on. And people were like, we're in wheelchairs. And they're like, yeah, well, that's not my fault. We're going to build ramps for you? Oh, my God. This was a thing. Yeah. I could not believe this when I, when, I, when I watched the documentary and when I spoke to this woman. Amazing woman. And we were having this conversation. It's very funny, by the way. And um, I said to her, I was, I was having the conversation. I said, you know, disabled people. And I said, as an able-bodied person. And she said, no, no, no. She says... Rather think of yourself like this, and I paraphrase. She said, think of yourself as currently abled. Because she said the, the mistake a lot of people make is they think that disability is both a permanent and predictable thing that will happen to everybody. Yeah. yeah. But there is a form of disability that every human being is going to encounter at some point in their Absolutely. lives. It may be reduced mobility when you're older, mm-hmm. and it may be, unfortunately, a disease, or mm-hmm. in your case, a severe traumatic accident. A thousand percent that both threatens your life and limits your ability to exist and be as a human. Like, and Kevin Hart, if I look at your trajectory as a person, there are two things that were concurrently happening all the time. Growing, moving, you know, uh, constantly pushing as a, as a comedian and as a performer and doing the same thing physically. You've been playing sport your whole life. Mm-hmm. You've been pushing, growing, moving. It's been part of you. There is something that you have to grapple with when there's a possibility of paralysis, there is something that you have to go through when a doctor walks into a room and goes, hey, your spine may not be what it was before. And I, I think you move on so quickly sometimes that you don't allow yourself to experience those moments. You move very quickly. I move very you, quickly. You, you're very good at it. Don't get but me the, wrong. And I understand a lot of it. But the fear, you got to understand real fear, right? Like you come from a place of understanding where you can have real fear. When you come from the bottom and you start to experience things outside of the bottom that you didn't know existed or could be true. Yeah. And you continue to push and you experience more and you obtain more. The fear is going back to the bottom. Yeah. The fear. The further you get from the, this is the thing I always try to explain to people. There are a few things that are more terrifying than starting to do well when you've come from nothing and when your family has had nothing, mm-hmm. because you know how far the bottom is. Yes. I always tell my friends yes. who've come from well-off families, I go, the one thing I envy that you have, you do not think of your fall as being as far as mine is. Yes. So when you think of failing, you think of failing to, let's say, level five or six, because that, that's what your number mm-hmm. is, your, your mm-hmm. bottom is. Mm-hmm. I think of failing and I go, this takes me back to zero. Zero. Complete zero. Zero. That fear, yeah. that logic, right? Yeah. When you start building, the comfort for me comes from I'm building so that if the fall ever happens, I got multiple things to grab on oh, before I hit the ground. Oh, you you're scaffolding. So oh, okay. So think about when we've got a scaffolding brother over here. Think about okay. when you fall. You need to go to you, therapy, Kev. If you attempt to fall. You need to, you need to go to therapy. No, I'm not going you to therapy. You need to go to therapy. No, and you just use the therapy word on me. You need to listen, go to therapy. Here's where... I see who you are. You're a listen, scaffolding brother. Here's where... I know you very well. Here's where you have to think. Here's where you have to go Man, and think, right? Everything Kevin Hart's about to say, I advise every listener to... to I mean, listen to, but listen don't, to. don't follow it. All right. Don't follow okay. it. Okay. It works, but it, it's is not saying, a permanent solution. What Trevor is saying, Trevor is saying, hey, some people fall and they go, 
I'm not going to use my hands to break this fall. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> Wait, what I'm let saying. Me finish. Some people, tell some people, people go, tell people about the scaffolding that you're going to tell them about this. Tell some them people what go, I'm going to fall on my I'll, face. I'll even say it to you, and you tell me if I'm right about no, what you're no, about I'm to say. say it first. I'm going to say it first. Let me say it first, so no, you tell me if I'm no, right. I'm going to say it first. Okay, because you may try to say it differently and make it sound bad. <laughs> so I'm going to say it first. Here is what it is, man. Like I have watched people in our business, yeah, comfortably perform, comfortably work, yes. And walk away with nothing. With nothing. Yes. Okay. Yes. The fear that I have yes. is attached to the walk away. Yes. Or the opportunity to actually sit with self and go, I have nothing. Mm -hmm. I have all these years in a business that I've given my all to, and my all has done nothing but create success. For the operating machine, studios, factors, puzzles, yes. promoters, et cetera, all around me. And as the engine to that operation, I'm left with the shirt on my back yes. or the moment of memory. Mm -hmm. Because of that and because of me seeing that, I said, I refuse tonight of anything. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to build as I go now that I've worked and I got to this point where, okay, I saw all the success. But like if you go grown little man. We go laugh at my pain. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, well, the tours and all this stuff and the lights or whatever is great. I'm selling tickets. I'm paying money out the ass with commissions and everything, mm -hmm. but I don't really have anything. The opportunity came up for me to go and put the special in theaters where they were like, you're going to take the money you just made and you're going to put it into the, mm -hmm. you're going to mm -hmm. fund mm -hmm. that and put that into the theaters. Right, right. And I was like. But let's get to the scaffolding, so Kevin I said, Hart. I said, I'll You're own avoiding okay. the, no, go to I'm the getting scaffolding. It. I'm getting it. Here's the scaffolding. I said, but I'll own it. Okay. Okay. So I fell in love with owning that one thing. Okay. All right. And then owning that thing, I said, you know what? I want to build something else to own. Okay. All right. I want to own this too. Right. You know what? I got two things that I own. Okay. All right. Fuck that. I'm going to own something else. Let me, okay. let me go figure this real estate shit out. Okay. All right. I'm going to own that. Hey, man. You know what? This company shit. It's not as hard as these people think it is. And okay. if I build it correctly, I'm, maybe I'm getting I can into own venture it. capital. Right? Let's right? go. Now, VC, where they mm -hmm. investing at? Mm -hmm. And why I gotta take, why, why, why I gotta listen to you and I gotta give you my why can't I raise my own and <laughs> own my own? Okay. Now guess what? This carpet that we stand on comfortably one day will be pulled out. One day these motherfuckers will come and go, that's it. And when they do, if you got shit. That takes a long time to go down. Or if you got buildings that just rock a little bit, well, the security of mine, the security of self lasts. My security of mine and my security of self only lasts because I get to go, hey, no matter what, you can't take what I built. And what I built, it ain't under my name. It's under the brand. It's under the entity. It's under the infrastructure that I created that everybody else has ignored. So when I fall down, oh yeah, Kevin Hart may fall, but these buildings gonna fucking stand with or without you. And hey, when I'm done, although it may be rough, rocky, whatever, my fucking kids gonna look at them buildings and they gonna look at that shit and they're like gonna that. go, they're gonna go, man, dad did some dope shit. My security comes from the understanding that the brand, the operation, the movement, the business outside of Kevin Hart yes. is a business that works. I appreciate and, that. And that for that thing, yes. I will never compromise my now feeling of comfort. So me going and selling tickets or not, 
Now it's a bonus. It's a bonus. Okay, now it's a bonus. Now it's okay, a bonus. I see what you've done. You see what I'm saying? You're a scaffolding, it's a, brother. It's a, it's a, it's a thank you. I'm completely with you. No pressure at all. I hear you completely. There's no feeling attached to it. If I walk into an arena right today, and and that arena is a quarter or full because Fifty I'll Cent go, bought the front row. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty bucks <laughs> front row. You know what? Where I'm at today, I'm like, man, I'm gonna give these people a great show. But you know what? I had a good fucking run. I had about 13 years at the top of have it. You, have you ever done a half-empty arena, by the way? No. I've done one. No. And can and I, I tell I you- I shouldn't have said it that fast. That sounded really, that sounded really asshole. Oh, no, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's I know, fine. but let's edit that I've, out. I've Let done, me take, ask one. me that question again. Kev, have you ever done an empty arena, a half-empty arena? Done, let me think, have I done an empty arena? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if I have. I would have to think about it. I mean, I'm quite sure there's probably been some. We're going to go with the first here. I like that better. <laughs> Um, so I've, I've done, I've done one before. This was in Springfield, Missouri. It was really the only venue that we could go to deep Republican, um, like little, you know, enclave. And my team said, this is it. We, we don't know the promo. You've never been. We don't even know what's going to happen yeah. here. We don't even know if you have fans in this place. Let's see what happens. I said, well, let's, let's go. We went there. I think the arena, this is like a cut down arena could, I think it could, the capacity was 6,000 people okay, maybe. Five, six. Yeah, I think we sold three or 4,000 tickets. Okay. Everybody, when I walked in, everybody looked like we were at a funeral. Not the audience. I mean, everyone backstage. You know when the promoter can't look at you? You know when, like, everybody is, everybody's ashamed. And I'll never forget this moment. They also don't know what your ego capacity is in dealing with that. Yeah. How do you handle that? And so I said, I said, oh, how did, how did we end up doing? And they said, um... They said, well, you know, we, we, we've tried to move some people down. We've tried to move things around. We, 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 it'll, it should be a good show. It should be a good show. It should, I was like, okay, hey, man. And, and I remember I was, I was chatting to um, my manager, Derek, who like works with me on the road. And, and I said to him, he said, hey, man, I'm sorry. You know, we, we didn't know what this market would be. And I said, Derek, it is, it is so crazy how our perspective has shifted in the wrong direction. Mm. I said, there was a time when we would dream of selling 300 tickets yeah. in yeah. a place where I actually have fans. Yeah. Now, everybody here is morose when we have sold 3,000 tickets yeah. in Springfield, Missouri. I was like, the fact that people have come out in Springfield, Missouri is a big deal. Is wild. And I deal. said, if you think about it properly, if you think about it properly, there are always more people not coming to your show than people who are coming to your show. Mm-hmm. So if you focus on the people who have come to your show, it's a bigger show. You've made it the best show, man. It's a show. Can I tell you, I had more fun with that audience than I've had in a long yes. ass time. Yes, because they felt like they had chosen me. Because there's a weird thing that happens when an arena isn't full. By the way, there's two things. One, there's a feeling of doubt. Mm-hmm. Some people in the audience are like, "All right, clearly people know this somewhere else. We should be." Yeah. There's a moment of doubt. Mm-hmm. And then you as the performer have to come out and show the audience that they did make the right Mm -hmm. choice. Mm -hmm. And then the second feeling I find in those moments is the audience goes, no, we are specific in our choice. We've chosen Trevor Noah. Mm -hmm. Trevor Noah has chosen us. Mm -hmm. This is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so this this experience becomes more intimate. There there should be a feeling of of pride. Yeah. And so what I'm saying in that is the reason I say you're you're a scaffolding brother, which I don't mind. I have some scaffolding in me as well as a person. What does scaffolding mean? So- don't just throw therapy words out there. And no, this is not therapy audience. words at all. I know, uh, this is not therapy speak at all. Don't assume your audience this has not, been to, this the, is not, to the therapist this as is well. Not, this is That's not, a very selfish therapist. Like This like, is not therapy talk at all. Scaffolding is this definitely is, therapy talk. It's like tummy bubbles. What? 
I didn't, we talk about Tummy bubbles is bubble. like someone someone would use that in therapy bubble as stomach. well. Okay, all right. If you Agree like to bubbles, stomach bubbles. What I just said that was not a therapy word, and I feel like I feel if like you, if you say it's tummy bubbles, I go that's a therapy word. I it's just say, the way it's. I would say gaslighting. <laughs> that's <laughs> a therapy word. Okay, you see that's a therapy <laughs> okay, word. Good. That's different. <laughs> Don't go anywhere because we got more. What now? After this, this episode is brought to you by CVS Health. Today. Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients working shoulder to shoulder to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us backslash transformation to learn more. What I mean by a scaffolding, a scaffolding brother is there are two ways well, there are multiple ways, but I think two of the of the of the of the prominent ways for us to deal with the idea of having less or going backwards or or diminishing in life or whatever it might be, the one way is to build scaffolding in our lives, and what that scaffolding is is we go okay. If as Kevin Hart, I'm not a movie star. Oh, okay, what do I have? If as Kevin Hart, I'm not a comedian selling out, what do I have? Okay, so let me diversify. I'm going to build up these companies. I'm going to build up these institutions. I'm going to own that. I'm going to own this. I'm going to own this. I'm going to own that. I'm going to own that. I'm going to own that. That way, I'm in a situation where my eggs are not in one basket. And that means that if in one space, I am, you know, unceremoniously kicked out, I still have everything else that I can go back to. Mm-hmm. I have basically created the scaffolding. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's why they use scaffolding in construction so that they don't go backwards from that point. It's like, all right, let's build around mm-hmm. this thing mm-hmm. to at least enable it to get to a certain place, mm-hmm. and then we can sort of move back. But but it, it holds everything where it needs to be mm-hmm. while it is being built up, right? I, I think there's a great breakdown. Right? And I would encourage you to try it a little bit more. I know it's hard. Don't get me wrong, because you're Kevin Hart, and you, you have this mountain that you've built. But I would encourage you as Kevin Hart to also realize beyond the brands, beyond the buildings, beyond all of those things. And I would even speak on behalf of, of your kids I think you take for granted that the buildings may not have as much of an impact on your kids as the building that you've done with them. I, I would say you're probably correct. It's not, not until, probably. Well, yeah, here's where you probably are correct, right? Oh, you said probably again. Well, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why, <laughs> right? So the idea of follow through early on, it presented itself and I never took it serious, Right. Uh, school, I fucked it off. High school, SATs, fucked it off. Mm-hmm. Didn't take it serious. Abacadabra the whole way down. I'm going to great adventure to go be with my friends. You know, 
applying to college, trying to get into college. For what? Like, everybody, are y'all doing it? Fucked it off. Community college, two weeks. I'm out of here. This ain't for me. Sneaker store. I guess that's what it's going to be. Everything. Because you worked at, where did you work at Foot Locker? Where City did you Sports. Work? City Sports. City Sports. Okay. City Sports. Yeah. Everything that was positioned in front of me for me to take serious, mm -hmm. that my mother tried her best to get me to understand, yeah. I fucked off. Swimming, successful in it. Could have had scholarships, could have done whatever. I fucked it off. You swim? I a phenomenal swimmer. Like at that level? Yes. I thought you had to be told to be a good swimmer. No, you no, don't. No, this is not even a well, joke. It sounds like it. It's not a joke. It really sounds you like a dig. Okay, let's go back. Let's yeah, go back. But you gave, I, I gave you a chance. Let's okay. go back on that one. Yeah, you know, swimming. You, you, you swam? Yeah, I swam. That's amazing. Yeah. What do you think it is about your physical makeup that made you a good swimmer? Let's go to take three. Let's go to yeah, take what, three. Let's go. I apologize. Uh, you know, swimming. You, you swam? Yeah, I swam. When I think of swimming, yeah, what do you think of? I find myself thinking of an archetype, a certain type yeah. of person, yeah. you know. And this is because maybe swimming has been there's been gatekeepers, yeah, um, mm -hmm. in swimming. And so you think of you know how Michael Phelps, yeah, and they they look a certain way, yeah. I know, you I, know, like we're uh, you know we're what do they call it when you share the same love and you do the same thing, you practice with each yeah, other. Yeah, but I think it's less about like, the it's less about the drive or the, I'm talking about yeah. the physical aspects of the person. Yeah. Like I've, they, I've been they, next to Mike in a swimming pool. Like Yeah, yeah. yeah you and can't so, really tell us apart in that water. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. So I so I It's I, all about the stroke. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My freestyle was amazing. Butterfly huh. was phenomenal. Uh, is that because you is that because you're pulling less? I don't what do you mean? What does that mean? What is that? What do you, when you say pulling less, what are you saying? It's all about strength, Trevor. And drag, right? Well, isn't Trevor, it about, isn't it about, about minimizing strength? drag? No, Trevor. It's about minimizing movement or wiggle, okay? Yeah. Great form in swimming provides great results. Now, granted, I fucked it off because I was a cheater, all right? I was a guy that was cheating in practice and half-assing it. I didn't want to do shit. The point that I'm making is that everything I was supposed to do seriously, I fucked it off. Huh. So when I finally cracked the code and figured out the thing that I could do, the fear is not fucking it off. I like that. I fucked it off. Okay. Everything else I fucked off. So this here, I'm not going to fuck it off. I'm going to not only take it serious, I'm going to get so good at it and do it at the best of my ability. Right. Oh, shit, something else happened. Well, I'm not going to fuck that opportunity off either. Oh, shit, another door happened. I ain't going to fuck that off. Everything now as an adult Because the adult that was giving me the information was right. My mom was right. When did you when did you first first start realizing how right your mom was? When in you life? realize how much you fucked up. <laughs> when, you, when you look up and all your friends moving on oh, and going man. away to college, they got scholarships, and you saying, When did y'all apply? When did y'all apply to do that? Kev, you didn't apply. And now Damn. you realize you're the ignorant child. Damn. You're realizing you're the dumb child. Do you feel like you got to the place where you got to reward your mo your mother for the investment that she made in you because i because i know how hard it was you know for you losing her absolutely not you you, you didn't feel like in no. your lifetime you no no you don't think she was like because she just as you were rising mm -hmm. fool's gold i want to say this was like my were you in australia where were you I was in australia this? but yeah. i'm just trying to think of where this movie you know this was this was basically like 
you know, a big role for me. Yeah. Because I was number three or four on a call sheet. It was like Matthew McConaughey Matthew or something, McConaughey, right? Matthew McConaughey, Kate Hudson. Uh-huh. And this is a big role. So I went away to Australia. But this is like one of my, like, big roles. Yeah. And your mom was sick at the time. She was sick at the time. So she didn't get to, like, the world of benefits came way after. Meaning, yeah. like, the real fruits of the labor. Uh-huh. So, you know... My mom didn't have a house. My mom, you know, we didn't have grass. My mom didn't have comfort uh-huh. in her life. My mom wasn't able to relax. And on her later stages of life, she was sick. So in the perfect picture of, I would love to provide my mom with yeah. the luxury item of comfort, mm-hmm. of sit down and don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there is a dual thought and dual feeling of I kind of navigate through this business in a way where I'm not bothered or like ruffled easily by the ups and downs of it. And I truly do feel because I got the hand of on my shoulder. Yeah. Like yeah. I got I got okay. a that I got sense. an amazing guiding light. Right. And an amazing like talent of processing information. Uh-huh processing moments and that's good from, or from bad. your mom absolutely on your on your dad's side do you think you were ever able to forgive him do you think um you know I, I know you had an interesting and tumultuous relationship you connected as adults but there's moments where you even see this in your in your documentary by the way if anyone's keenly observing mm-hmm. you can still see that there are moments where your dad has this he had this hold over you it's like you know it's it, it's like on the one hand he's sort of holding you back on the other hand he's proud of you and mm-hmm. and 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 like most parents he's limited in his ability to be perfect did you forgive him while he was still alive absolutely i think you know my dad absolutely I, yeah no no I, I only say this because i think it's i think it's tough and it's hard for us to think about these moments but like i say here's what i say absolutely yeah there's no reservation towards my dad okay uh, okay there's an understanding like you can't go back and change the things you did yeah you can apologize and we can be grown and be men and move forward. But at this point, life wasn't about me. Like, I'm okay. Focus on being a grandpa. Uh, like, okay. don't you don't worry about me mm-hmm. at this point. And I'm telling them at face value, like, I'm good. I love you because you're my dad. I appreciate you for tabling the mistakes and the bad choices. By the way, I got some of you in me. Mm. So my bad choices are in my fucking blood. Like, I'm not the guy, to your point earlier, the monk or the walking staple of perfection. I get where I come from. I get where I'm a mess and where I'm not. But what I do very well is process reality. Mm -hmm. And reality is you're my father. I don't want to take that away. I don't want to change that. And your mistakes are great mistakes because they gave me great examples what I shouldn't fucking do. Mm. Try my best to avoid that shit because look at the consequences of it. Yeah. You've lived through your consequences. you survived them. Yo, man, go be a dope-ass grandpa. Tell your grandkids some dope stories. Go get some dope toys. Go put that time in over there because you're going to get more joy out of that than you are going to get out of trying to redo or undo. When I'm telling you, I'm not looking back there. I'm looking up here. My joy is going to come from my kids going, hey, man, can we see Grandpa? 
My kids are going to come. My joy is coming from my That's kids. Beautiful. Like saying, Dad, we want to go back and spend time with Grandpa. That's they beautiful. don't know about your past. That's be- you get a, you get a new chance. You get an opportunity. Absolutely. To rewrite a script. That's your next version of Kevin. Yeah. That's the next version. That's your son's child. My mom always said the reason they call them grandparents is because now you 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 have a grand opportunity to be a different type At of parent. One thousand different levels of wisdom, understanding, compassion, all of it. My my brother and my dad's relationship was a little rougher. They figured their shit out. My brother is pound for pound the best thing that ever happened to my kids. My brother has taken the role. If I have to go, he comes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got to go on the road. My brother comes to the house. I got to go do movie or promo or whatever. My brother's out there. The feeling of love is never a void yeah. or never a missed opportunity. Now, four kids. Four kids that all stand on. Oh, yeah, when dad's like, uncle come out and uncle helps us do this mm-hmm, and that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My brother is the, hey, man, let me show you all how to fly a kite. You never do a boomerang? Y'all never seen these old movies, Rascals? <laughs> Kevin, you ain't showing Rascals That's funny. or Little you, Giants. You, 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 you maintain you the village, about. man. You don't, it's all the, the shit that you overlook. Yeah. If you got a partner, yeah. you got a partner in crime that really understands you and has your best interests. Yeah. Well, I'm coming in and dad is the cool dad that loves us and wants to do all the cool stuff, the dope activities. We watch movies, we chill. But uncle... Well, uncle got the activity game on lock. I love this Dad, game, man. Uncle, you know, Uncle showed me how to throw a strike. You can't throw no strike. Let me see it. Throw it. I bet I knocked that ball out the park. <laughs> no, you're not. And my brothers, throw the strike. I beat the shit out that ball. Oh, man. Bow. My kid's like, Dad. That's right. You know why I did that? Because your uncle ain't shit. Right? <laughs> now, we, we got a great rapport. But the fun, the energy, yeah. that energy comes from an understanding of where we come from. So what you build... Is ultimately a comfort of just simply what you can fall back on. Right. And that fall back, what I want your listeners to understand, that fall back should be a feeling that we all have. After the pandemic, after the after the 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 climate that we saw overtake our world, after we saw the economy shut down, well, we all should have a little fear of if it happens again, mm-hmm. well, let me build something so I can fall. Mm-hmm. If you don't ever think about the fall, when you fall, you're not gonna get up. That's a real thing. You will not get up. And we're in a business of folded chairs. By folded chairs, it means so many people choose to no longer sit down on the chair. They say, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to fold this chair up and put it up. I'm done. And that comes from a mindset. It comes from a lack of understanding that you can create or build what makes you feel strong. If you want real strength, give yourself the bandwidth and mental infrastructure to feel as strong as you possibly need to go out and do the shit you want to do. Because now, fail or not, you feel good because you feel like you are investing into you and you can look back and see the shit. If I can say, I own a pair of pants, well, those are my fucking pants. (laughs) They mine. Can't take these pants from me. These are my pants. This is scaffolding. We're back to scaffolding, Kim. I need to do it. This is back well, to call me the scaffolding king, okay? Because I'm going to build all the, that he's shit. scaffolding king. <laughs> call it what you want. I got it. And I'm going to build it. Do not put all your eggs in one basket. Don't. My dream is to not even have eggs. Okay. That's my dream. Okay. I may not get there, but it's my dream. It's my dream. Before I, got, I, before I, I got to say go. this. Before you say one more thing, I got to yeah. say this. And you talked about it because you touched on it a little bit. 
when you talk about the fear as a comic, yeah. right? Let's like, of course, take all his personal shit out of it. Bill Cosby for a second. Did you, did you just throw Bill Cosby in the end of a in the well, end of a sentence? You'll see why. Uh, Bill Cosby. You can't. Okay, I can't. But can I just say? I said put it aside. Okay, so, I said so, that. But let me explain something. But I preference that. Let me, let me explain something right now. You cannot. You cannot just say at the end of a sentence. Yeah, Bill Cosby. You cannot go like you know. Let's let's throw the personal shit aside when yeah. Bill Cosby. Yeah. So anyway, okay. you you have to like warn more me, more. prepare me. Are you right? All right, I'm about to say some deep shit, but it's gonna start off as fucked up shit. And there we get go. To the good you shit. see that? Okay. okay. Are you okay. ready? All right, Bill, Bill Cosby. Cosby. All right. So I went. I was in Montreal, and I forgot how old Bill Cosby was. He was performing at some like little thing. Bill Cosby was. Let's just call it 70-something. Okay. Came out and he sat on a stool. Mm-hmm. Bill Cosby started doing Bill Cosby. And there the was comedy a, Bill Cosby. The comedy Bill Cosby. Got it. And there was a sold-out crowd at 70-something years old without any consistency in touring or... Yeah. Like, yeah. like real dedication to the craft over mm-hmm. the course mm-hmm. of time. But at the old age of... The feeling and joy that comes from the laughter yeah, yeah. of a crowd is what we'll forever get high off of, yeah. right? And when I talked about being envious, I was like, man, I'm envious that he still gets to feel that mm-hmm. at that age. Mm-hmm. I hope and pray that when I'm that age, I still have the desire to go in front of a crowd mm-hmm. and do the thing that I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. I hope and pray that my love for the thing I do continues. Because mm-hmm. the fear, to your point, when you talked about the sets, talk about the joke, am I funny, am I not? Is this working? Does that not work? All these thoughts are thoughts that we have. Right. But if you can beat all those thoughts and just maintain a high level of love yeah. for the craft right. and for the energy, it will be attached to the people that have invested in you through the years. And I looked at his crowd. Those people were old as shit in that crowd. A bunch of old fucking people came out. And I was like, it's because they grew up on it. Mm-hmm. That's their life. Their life was like always. His fans have still rolled with him prior to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until this moment, they're still buying tickets and excited. Imagine as Trevor Noah and as Kevin Hart. Well, don't don't get, put my name in this in the sentence. Keep, go yeah, on. Imagine. Well, I said you imagine first. Imagine as Kevin. Imagine. Well, you know, I said Hart. you first. I put a I put a gap. Imagine as Kevin Hart. Imagine as Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. It's your show. Imagine as Trevor Noah and mm-hmm. Kevin Hart. We get to a place, man, and you look out and you see some old people still rocking with you. Right. What better feeling? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what better feeling for me. I hear what you're saying because I understand the moral of your story. What you're saying is, in life. Be like Bill Cosby. Wait, no, whoa, wait a second. That was Trevor. the moral of your story. No, you wait. said as, as wait, Trevor, you said you no matter how that? old you get, no, you keep went. doing it. Just this talking. is this is what I heard you say. So okay. now I I don't agree with it, but because you're my guest, I don't argue with you. Okay. You know, I think this is a forum for everyone to air their opinions. Um I personally would have just told that story and not said who the comedian was. I would just say it was like an old guy on stage who was a great comedian. And you know I would what you're doing audience, right now? You're scaffolding. I, <laughs> Don't be afraid, Kev. Those are just tummy yeah. bubbles. You relax. Yes. <laughs> so, so I'll I'll tell you what's I'll tell you what's great. Look, I'm not I'm not dismissing it. I mean yes. this honestly. It is great to have that, but I think what would be a greater feeling for me as a human being is to have that feeling, regardless of whether or what not I'm doing? on stage. Okay. 
Do you know what I mean? Okay. That's honestly what I try and hope to pursue in life is where I go, that thing on stage is beautiful. Yeah. It is a wonderful compliment to my life, but I genuinely want to feel like that. And I, I do in many moments now when I'm not on stage. Well, and, so, are, and so I try and move through the you've world. You've been very active about voicing this. Like in our conversations, like... You know me from the time. Yes, we, like, even in, like long, with the Daily yeah, Show. Yeah, yeah, you what know. I loved even about the you Daily know. Show. And I remember I, I walked away when we were talking. I was like, what an answer. Like, I was like, what? Like, why? He was like, it was just time. He yeah, was man, like, it's... I just, you know, I got to a point where I was like, okay, and I want to pursue something else. Yeah. And you were like, and I'm I'm so I'm trying to be the best this... liver of life I can possibly be now. You're, it's very genuinely, clear. It's genuinely, very, genuine with all the peace visible. I have. And, you know, have great conversations with people. Before I let you go, you're a very busy man. Let me ask you this question. I ask everybody on the podcast, what now? We meet Kevin Hart in this moment. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like you are perpetually building and perpetually expanding, I'd love to know what now, as you, as you move into the next stage of mm -hmm. doing everything. It's VC, it's mm -hmm. banking, it's, it, it's all of these things. What? And do me a favor, Kevin. I ask you this as a friend and as a human being. Don't ever release like some shitty credit product that hurts black people and I'm poor people. I'm looking at you on camera yes, saying I'm this not, right now. I will not do that. I'm just saying this to you right now, I don't have a credit now, card Kev. coming out. Yo, Kev, I don't have a... I'm letting you know yes, face to face. I'm, I'm telling you that I do not. Your people love you? Yes, I do, do not. not. screw us over. I say this to you at face value. I mean this, Kev. My whole relationship Yo, with I'm my just financial you know. partner you remember is built I even, off of financial literacy You remember I had a dream. You remember I even had a dream about you once. So I, this is the weirdest dream I've ever had. W one of the strangest dreams, right? I had a dream. And this was before, before you released it. I had a dream that Kevin Hart came to me and he was like, he was like, Trev, we got to release uh, a fitness drink. Mm, we got to release a protein powder. Fit and then I said to you, I said, okay, Kev, I love this idea. I said, but what are the ingredients? Is it going to be good? And you said, mm, fuck good. <laughs> I said, man, Trevor, who gives a shit if it's good? It's going to sell. We're going to do this. And and I started crying. This is the weirdest dream I've yeah. ever had. Because, Kev, we don't even roll like that. We don't yeah. even, like, we, we've we always been brothers in yes. comedy. You've yes. always been wonderful to me. But we don't, it's not like we roll every day. People yes. might have this false assumption. Yes. This was a strange dream for me to have. And I remember I woke up and I was like, Kevin Hart, why would I even dream about that? A few weeks, no, maybe like a few months later, you released, I released Vita Hustle. Vita Hustle. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, it's real. <laughs> but then I tasted your tequila and you remember I called you about this because yeah. I, I don't know why I've been very honest with you from the time I've known you I called you about it's the tequila it's called a good relationship Trent. no 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 I, but yeah, I mean I what I mean just... is like it's, it's like I'm more honest with you than people I've known for longer is yes. what I mean right yes. I, with very few like very transparent. Threads, very, very transparent yeah very transparent yes. and I remember I called you and I said Kevin I thought this tequila was going to be shit it's actually delicious <laughs> yes. Yes. And you said, well, first of all, I'm offended, but why, why would you say that? And I said, well, because I, I just assume it's a celebrity. You're going to put your name on a thing. And, I was, and, and then you said something. You said, Trevor, you said, I am trying to make everything I do be the best. You're yes. like, I want to have the best tequila, not the best selling. Yes. I want to have the best tequila. Yes. I want to have the best protein. Yes. I want to have the best co company. So what now? What, what's Kevin Hart moving towards now? Well, Kevin Hart and third Other than person. therapy, because I know you, you're going to try that. Yes. But what I will going. say uh, I'm moving towards now is finishing the sentences. Uh, there's incomplete sentences. Oh, beautiful. So I have to put periods on the sentences. And those periods are attached to um, the things that I'm building. And the things that I'm building, the pressure I feel I put on myself is because I'm not just building it for me. I'm building it for the people that have invested into me and to the idea. So 
heartbeat and the level of success as a studio that I obtained to have, not for myself, but for all. Yeah. The big what now is like the creative platform and opportunity for the stars of tomorrow. Like I, I got my light. It's not going to get any brighter. Mm-hmm. The star is not going to get any bigger. But of the platform for or the studio of, if I can be attached or a part of saying, come this way, and the people that come through that door become, man, that's a fucking amazing way to pass the baton. That's beautiful, man. So right now, I just want to get as close as I possibly can to open up that next door that I don't have to go through. Yeah. But that those of tomorrow can. I love that, man. That's Thank what you. I want. That's what now. I appreciate that, Kevin. Trevor, Thank I you, like man. talking to you, man. I love talking. I always, I always enjoy serious. speaking to you. This is really good. I think, I think low key, I, I want to say that this was like your way of giving me a therapy session that no, you think no, I need. No, no, no. And I'm gonna talk to you about it later. No, I think Kev. you just no. I think you gas bomb me. <laughs> <laughs> what is is that term right? Did you gas bomb me? <laughs> I think you gas bomb me. I actually like that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a gas bomb people. I, no, for I real, man. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate your transparency. Um, I appreciate how you've always always supported me. I, I I always tell people the story, and I never hold back. I go, nobody wanted to come on the Daily Show when I was starting. Everyone seemed, you know, like now, I hold an Emmy. People go, oh, it's obvious and well-deserved. Nobody wanted to come on mm-hmm. that show. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to be there. Because they were like, if I... People were like, if I say I'm with him, mm-hmm. I don't know who he is, what mm-hmm. he's going to do, how he's going to... I understand that fear. I don't even hold it against people. You were literally the first person who said, I'll do it. I will open this random African person's TV show Absolutely. after Jon Stewart. Absolutely. And I'll ride with it. And I'm eternally grateful. I was like, Kevin Hart. And I get it. I was like, if he can support Bill Cosby, he can support well, me. okay. Well, that's a weird way to... And, uh, and, that, and I just like, want to say I appreciate yeah, you Okay, that, well, man. I feel like we can edit that last piece out. <laughs> Yo, man, this was great. Thank you, yo. Fucking love you, man. Thank you so much. This is great. Yo, can I just tell you the funniest thing? We can cut it out or leave it in. The funniest moment was when I was pulling in into this place. <laughs> Security guard. He's like, he's like, yo, oh, this is not your guy. The guy who, like, someone who works outside. He's like, hey, yo, you that dude, man. What's going on? What's going on, Jeff? Hey, Noah, Noah. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, oh, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, I'm coming. He's like, oh, you're coming to Kevin Hart? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, it's about the Cat Williams thing? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 man. He's like, what? what do you, no. Why would you? I was like, what do you? No, man. What do you think we do? <laughs> oh, y'all coming to meet about that? Oh, it's about to go down. Yeah. Right? Oh, he he calling in the truth. <laughs> what? I love you, man. I fucking love you, dude. What Now with Trevor Noah is produced by Spotify Studios in partnership with Day Zero Productions, Fullwell 73, and Odyssey's Pineapple Street Studios. The show is executive produced by Trevor Noah, Ben Winston, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and Barry Finkel. Produced by Emmanuel Hapsis, Marina Henke, Jess Hackle, Natalie Pert, and Chelsea Williamson. Music, mixing, and mastering by Hannes Brown. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next Thursday for another episode of What Now?